Come on, lift your hands and for a few minutes just make his praise glorious. Come on, somebody open up your mouth and just fill this place with a praise. Come on. Father, we ask that your word would have a hundredfold course in the hearts of your people tonight. Father, transform us, change us. Father, dig into our hearts, Heavenly Father. Anoint us for the purpose and the task that is ahead of us. Father, we call upon your name. There's nobody else to look to. There's nobody else who can navigate us through this time. But, oh, God, we call upon your name. Come on, somebody, for the next 30 seconds, give him a praise he can feel. Come on. Come on, open up your mouth and give him a praise he can feel. Because if you can't feel it, that means God don't feel it either. Now, come on, open up your mouth and give God a praise he can feel in this place. Oh, glory to God. Somebody praise him in here. Jesus. You know, do you have to preach my message every time I come? Every time. You can be seated. I'm going to try not to keep you forever. <laughs> Thank you. He said, just preach it. Don't worry about your clock. Interesting times we living in, huh? I think that um, you said it so eloquently this morning. I don't think there ever was a time that God held a spiritual mirror up to everybody's spirit to show you where your faith really was and what you really believe to bring us to a place that we have to make a choice whether we're going to believe the word of God or everything that CNN tells us and there's a whole lot of folks that forgot how to be led by the spirit because we're being led by a television and we forgot where the real power laid and it will try you if it didn't try you something was wrong but it tried you and somewhere along the line, you have to make up your mind whether you're going to believe God or not. Because I would love to tell you it's going to get better. That's not what the Bible tells me. He's going to get better. But times may get worse. So somewhere along the line, you've got to make up your mind what you believe. And you're going to need more than a Sunday morning experience to get through what's coming. You're going to need some real power. Come on here, somebody. You're going to need some real power. And you're not going to be able to depend and, and you know, you know, and, and I, I like that song you said, not to be a prophet of doom. You can sing. My gosh, you're a good singer. I'll try not to break the pulpit. I'm knocking everything else down. But the reality is you got to know God for yourself. And right now we've been, I don't want to use the word lucky, but we just have the opportunity to be able to do a lot of things on social media. That's going to change. That's going to change. Some of the things that we, we, we are able to experience now, that's going to shift. And you better know how to hear from heaven. You better know how to be led by the Holy Ghost because the thing was is that was, there was nobody to navigate us through this. This was a cloud by day, fire by night thing. That if you wasn't led by the Holy Ghost, you was going to get lost somewhere in the wilderness. Because God was trying to show you where you were. And, and when God held that mirror up to me, then I really had to take a deep look of what was me and what was God. And I saw a whole lot of me in there. And that's what scared me, is that you can come to the place that you'll learn how to do it. 
And you can do it so good. And like Samson, you know, sometimes you can easily criticize, but you just go and do it and look for the anointing to come on you. To realize that if you're not careful, you can love the things of God and fall out of love with God. You can love coming to church and forget who God is. And you can fall in love with a gift and not be in love with Christ himself. And this is why the Bible says that when they came to Jesus, they said, well, we cast out devils in your name. We healed in your name. So they have power. But he said, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I don't know you. That word know is intimate. We didn't have a love relationship. You just fell in love and you ran with my gifts and you ran with your call, but you left me somewhere far behind. And you took the glory for yourself. Come on here, somebody. And if ever there was a day, there has to be a shaking on the inside because far above all else, you got to be saved. I'm talking about saved for real. I'm talking about saved where you change. Remember when you used to love coming to church? <laughs> and you loved reading the Bible and not because I'm picking it up to read something or picking it up to preach. Because if the only time I pick up that book is because I got an assignment, there's something wrong. I got to fall in love with God again. Look, let me deal with this text. I'm going to deal with fire, rain, and mantles. I do not think I'm finishing this. But it doesn't matter, does it? Let's deal with this text and see how much trouble I can get in. Look, look at your neighbor and say, hi, trouble. He's preaching to you tonight. That's right. I'm just letting you know. Everything this man say, he's saying it to you. <laughs> Amen. I got I to, gotta, if you know me, I got to get you where I'm going and we'll preach somewhere along the way. How about that? After a while, you just come to the place that you stop trying to impress people and you just obey God. Isn't that true? Isn't that what it all boils down to at the end? Look, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 through 5 tells us this. In the last days, perilous times shall come. And men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. The Bible also tells us in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 3 through 4, it says this, For the time will come when men will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust, they shall heap to themselves teachers, having itchy ears, and they shall turn their ears away from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. You can be seated. I'll read to you for a while. I'll preach to you in a minute. I want to submit to you something tonight based on what I just read, and that is this fact. Those days are not coming. They're already here. Tell your neighbor they're already here. And Satan has declared war against the church. Just want you to know that. It may look like he's trying to destroy the world. No, the world belongs to him. The worldly system. His focus is on the church. He knows that already. And he's doing everything in his power to destroy us. Tell your neighbor, get ready. He's coming for you. And he's coming to see if what you got is real. He's coming to see if you got the power to stop him. He's coming to see if you got a word that can shift things. 
He's coming to see if your shandarabasata is real or just something you made up. Come on here, somebody. He's coming to see if it's an utterance of heaven or something that you remembered. He's coming to see if your anointing breaks yokes or does it just entertain people. He wants to know how much do you really got? He's coming to try you. Tell your neighbor, get ready. Because if he tempted Jesus in the wilderness, you next. Come on here, somebody. He wants to know, are you the real man of the house or is it your wife? Do you put the blood on the door or do you just watch TV? Who am I preaching to? Do you cover your kids in the blood of Jesus or you just walk, let them walk out the house to be attacked by wolves? Come on, tell your neighbor, it's time to get your house in order because the devil's coming to see if what you got is real. Come on here, somebody. Satan has declared war on the church, in case you want to know. And he's doing everything in his power to destroy us. And I got news for you. He doesn't mind riding the back of a pandemic to bring forth his agenda. Uh Uh-huh. You just thought it was a mask, didn't you? Tell your neighbor there's more to that. To everything he does, there's more to that. And the end is always to see how much he can push us into submission to what he wants us to do. The Bible says Satan above all things is subtle. Tell your neighbor he's subtle. Uh, he doesn't like you to know when he comes in the room. He's very subtle. He, does, he doesn't want you to understand, amen, that it's him. He always wants you to blame somebody else. But he's the master of illusions. So he's always making it look like one thing when in fact it's really something else. So he is the king of a hidden agenda. And Jesus told us, he says, Satan is like a roaring lion. He's roaming to and fro, seeking whom he may devour, which means he stalks you in silence. And he watches you like a lion trying to go after the prey, waiting for you to mess up, looking for a loophole, looking to see how you pray and how you operate so he knows just when to attack. The word word devour means to viciously attack, destroy, and consume whoever he can whenever he can, however he can. And tell your neighbor, if you're not careful, he'll do it right in church. You didn't hear me. I said, tell your neighbor, he'll do it right in church. He'll hit your mind with something while you're sitting here so you miss your miracle. You better hit your neighbor so you better pay attention tonight because God's about to drop something in the auditorium and you're going to miss it if the enemy can mess with your mind. Listen, the church in this hour has got to sound the alarm. Tell your neighbor, be bold. Come on, this ain't no time to be wimpy. I said, tell your neighbor, be bold. We've got to sound the alarm, and we must, above all people, prepare for battle because you're the only one that can stop him. You better look at your neighbor and tell him that again. I said, did you hear what the preacher said? You're the only one left that can stop him. When Jesus left, he said, I want to tell you something. Amen. Behold, I give you power over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. The only way the devil can take your church, the only way the devil can take your town, the only way the devil can take your youth group is if you give him the power that God already gave you tell your neighbor he has no power except when you give him yours 
That's why the Bible says give no place to the devil because once you give it to him, he has a legal right to be there. Give no place to the devil. We must sound the alarm and we must be willing to fight. But our eyes must be spiritually open so we know who we're fighting. We know what we are fighting for and where we need to fight it. Tell your neighbor, don't waste your strength on something that God don't even want you to fight. Because that's a trick of the enemy. Watch this. This is a time of great urgency, so we cannot afford to be caught off guard. Our adversary is intelligent and well-organized, and he's unified, which I wish I could have that same testimony for us sometimes. He's well-organized, and he understands that the church will never accomplish anything that God has called us to do on the earth realm unless we are unified. Tell your neighbor, we got to get unified in a greater way. So Satan does everything in his power to keep us divided and to keep us isolated because you know, you know you've got the best church. There's no other church for yours, right? There's no other way but the way you do it, right? And that's what he wants us to think so that we, we destroy one another by the words out of our own mouths. When the very fact is the preacher up here that's preaching don't know everything. And some of you got gifts that I don't got. And that's why the Bible says every joint supplieth. But when you spend your life canceling everybody else, you cancel yourself. Come on, somebody praise him in here. I feel my help coming. Watch this. So the enemy understands that we need unity. So Satan does everything in his power to keep us divided. So he's using race. God knew it. That's right. I'll say it. He's using race. Yeah, tell your neighbor. He's using it. <laughs> Trying to keep us divided. Amen. By color, by denomination, by religion, by politics, and any other platform available to keep us from coming into agreement because he knows that if any two of you on earth agree as to touching any one thing, it shall be done for them or my father in heaven. But he knows in order for there to be agreement, we've got to be able to agree. But if he can keep us separate, then the strategy is divide and conquer. You know what COVID-19 has done more than any other thing? It made people feel alone. That nobody's believing like me, nobody's standing with me, and I'm all by myself. Don't, don't six feet away from everybody. Put on a mask. Don't visit grandma and grandpa. Don't go. Don't go to school. Don't play sports. And it's divided people. Isn't that sad? Oh, God, help us today. Watch this. Why is he doing that? To keep us fighting one another. What are you talking about? Because everybody's fighting. If you wear a mask, you don't trust God. If you don't wear a mask, you don't trust God. If you open the church, you don't trust God. If you close the church, you don't trust God. And a sinner's lost while the church is fighting. I know I'm in trouble. I know I'm in trouble. I know I'm in trouble. And we so busy fighting one another, we don't gave hell a bigger platform. Watch this. But the Bible makes it clear, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. 
Come on here, somebody. It's not black against white. It's not Catholic against Protestant. It's not Democrat against Republican. Come on here, somebody. It's not the donkey and the elephant. It's kingdom against kingdom. He said you shall go against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness and high places. But he also said, I'm going to give you a power over all the power of the enemy. Somebody better shout in this place. Somebody better shout in this place. Stand to your feet for 30 seconds and give God a shout of praise. I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I feel the power of Almighty God in this house. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. My God, somebody clap your hands and give him another. Sh- I feel him in this. Sit down, give me a minute. My fight is with the kingdom, is not with you. It's with the kingdom of darkness that doesn't want the church to go any further. That wants to make you think that you don't have the power that Jesus said you possess. And while the enemy is causing us to fight one another, his target has been... Destroy that next generation. Why we wrestling whether we should have church or not? And whether we should wear a mask or not? And why he's got our eyes focused on who's in the White House? I know I'm in trouble. Like the White House going to stop the book. I read the back of that book. And I don't care whether it's a Democrat or Republic. I want you to know when he comes back, he's coming on a cloud with glory. And not a devil, not a demon, not a sickness will stop his return. I wish somebody was shouting here. It don't matter who's in office. God's will will be done on this earth. I know I'm in trouble. And while we're fighting one another, he set his targets on that next generation. He's breaking up churches. He's destroying our health and people's faith in God's word. You said it is diminishing. It's simple. Everything always goes back to the beginning. In the beginning was the what? Then that right there is the answer to everything. Because in the end, that same word's coming back on a horse. I wish somebody would help me now. They said the word became flesh and dwelt among them. In him was life. And that life was the light of all men. Come on here, somebody. It's always going to go back to the word. He said my word, it won't return unto me void. But it will accomplish everything I sent it out to do. So that means it is the word. And I don't got time to go through it, but if I did everything that you look at in that Bible comes back to it. You got, you got the disciples all nervous. Hey, man, they're on a boat in the storm. Jesus told them to go to the other side. But a lot of times when God tells you what to do, 
He doesn't tell you what's going to happen. Somebody said, I might not have said yes if he would have shown me this. He told them to go to the other side. But you know why he doesn't tell you what's going to happen? Tell your neighbor because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what happens in between here and there. Whatever he told you will come to pass if you keep your eyes on the word of God. But when the storm came, they all got nervous. They're all on the boat screaming. And here comes Jesus trying to help their faith. He shows up. Oh, they're going to be happy. And when they see him, they start screaming. Right? Here you are praying for Jesus to show up. And he shows up and you're scared. They go, it's a spirit. Because tell your neighbor, fear will cause you to miss God. It'll make you think God is a ghost. Because you've allowed fear to take over, right? So Jesus now realizing they don't even recognize me when they see me. Says, I'm going to help them by saying something. It is I. Be of good cheer. Why? Because my sheep hear my voice. And they follow me, right? But even when he spoke, they just got more terrified. So when you allow your circumstance to take over your situation and you allow fear to contaminate your mind, not only do you lose your ability to see God, you lose your ability to hear from God. But now Peter, understanding, wait a minute, there's something real supernatural about this. And I may not be sure about everything. And how many people can testify? I'm not sure about everything. But one thing I know, I'm going to hang on to my belief in God. So he said, you know what? I ain't got time to be full of fear like the rest of these disciples. So now he looks to Jesus and says, Lord, I'm not sure. But if it be you, tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, sometimes you got to step out on an if. You don't have all the information. You ain't got all the facts. You can't put it all together. But there's something on the inside saying, step out of this boat and you'll step on a miracle. Good I got to hurry. I got to get you out of this. So now Peter, he steps out of the boat, right? Jesus said what to him? A big speech? No, come. It's a storm, man. I need more words than that. Come. I mean, hello? You got to talk to me for a while. Get me off that boat. Peter stepped out of that boat, and he walked on the water. But tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, he wasn't standing on the waves. Tell your neighbor he was standing on the come. That meant he was standing on the word. And what you got to understand is that whenever God speaks to you, the ability to accomplish the task comes with the word. And I know you think, but Reverend Sanchez, all he said was come. Tell your neighbor there's a lot of power in one word. And I can go back in the Bible. I remind you of a woman that said, heal my daughter. And Jesus said, we can't give the bread on the dogs. But she said, even the dogs eat the crumbs from the master's table. And what you got to understand was the woman had the revelation if there's yeast in the bread there's yeast in the crumb if there's eggs in the bread there's eggs in the crumb if there's salt in the bread there's salt in the crumb I don't need the whole loaf because whatever's in the bread is also in the crumb what she was saying is I don't need all your power I just need a little bit of power because the same power in the bread is the same power in the crumb 
Somebody shout, I don't need a whole lot. Just give me a little. All I need is a little. And that'll give me overcoming power. Sit down, let me hurry. Watch this. We must stir up the gift that lies within us. Tell your neighbor it's a wake-up call. Look at your neighbor and say, you cannot be the same next year as you are right now because you'll be left behind. You'll be defeated and destroyed. Tell your neighbor, stir up the gift that lies with inside of you. Tell your neighbor, if you got to fast for 26 days, baby, something's going to happen. Watch this. Jesus made this declaration. He said, upon this rock, I build my church. Look at your neighbor and say, church is not a man thing. So you can't determine when you open it or close it. Tell your neighbor, church is a God thing. Let me help your theology. Because when Jesus used the terminology, church wasn't one around yet. But he said, but upon this rock, I'm going to build something that the very gates of hell won't be able to prevail over. That's why the devil's trying so hard to keep you out of the institution where God wanted to give you power. Because he knows as long as the church is on the earth realm, you've got the keys of the kingdom to bind or loose whatever you need. Church is the place where divinity meets humanity. Church is the place, the in which God dispatches all of his power because when the church is gone so is the power but as long as the church is here it meant the overcoming power is still in the house let me get you I gotta get you I'm almost out of this opening so overcoming power belongs to the church ask your neighbor what you doing with it Because you hold it. So what are you doing with it? Are you allowing the enemy to run rampant? Are you allowing anything to happen in your house? Or are you using the power that was delegated to you? So overcoming power belongs to the church. But if we don't know who we are, and we don't know where we stand, then we lack the ability to enforce the very power that Jesus gave us in the Holy Ghost. I become like everybody else. Look at your neighbor and say, but you're not like everybody else. We must be diligent and we must watch and pray. Why? Because Satan is after your mind. Tell two or three people he's after your mind. Come on, you only told two, I said three. Tell him he's after your mind, big head and all. Yeah, he's talking to you. He's after your mind because the devil knows. That whoever controls the mind also controls the body. If he can get the mind of this church, he can steer this church any way he want. And he don't got to get everybody in your house. But if he can get the mind of the leader of your house, he can steer that whole house. 
Whoever controls the mind controls the body. And if the devil can get you full of fear and full of doubt, afraid to stand up for truth, then he successfully stripped you of your power, leaving you defeated into thinking there's nothing you can do to change your family. There's nothing you can do to change your church. You are helpless to change the circumstances or your nation. That's where he wants you to believe. That there's nothing you can do about it. But look at your neighbor and say, but this world ain't my home. I need to wake up to the fact that I'm an ambassador of Christ. And I sit in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. And when I take the stance of being common, then I put myself under principalities and powers. I sit in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. So my warfare is from up down, not down up. And when the devil can trick you into having your foot here and fighting this way, then you put yourself under principalities and powers that you're supposed to reign over. But when you walk in the spirit and you sit in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, then you fight down and you decree and declare what you want to happen next. So when you step back on the earth world, you now enforce what you already declared in the heavens. And this is why the enemy tries to keep you in the flesh so that you fight wrong. He wants you to fight under principalities and powers and make you feel limited like you don't have the ability to shift nations. Like you don't have the ability to change laws. When you sit in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, you determine what happens next. We're sitting up here letting people fight for us. When did you ever see in the Bible people fighting for you changed anything? Laws changed when men of God took their place. When they made laws even back in Daniel's day. Right? And Daniel refused, amen, not to pray. He took a higher seat. And when they threw him in the lion's den, the king needed to know. He said, Daniel, that the God you serve was able to deliver you from the lion's mouth. But early in the morning, Daniel said, oh, king, live forever. The God I serve sent an angel to shut the lion's mouth. What are you telling me? Before they ever threw him in the lion's den, it was already determined he was going to live. You better look at three people and say, you won before the battle even started. Now somebody give God a shot of prayer. Oh my God, I feel the Holy Ghost in here. The devil doesn't want you to know you already won before the problem came. You already healed before the sickness came. You're already delivered before they ever throw you in prison. It's been determined. I'm almost out of this opening. We must be diligent and pray. Why? Because the devil knows as long as the church is here, he lost. He's got to trick you into believing that you ran out of power. He's got to trick you into believing that you're limited. Tell your neighbor a lie. It's only powerful when you believe it. Look at your neighbor and say, don't believe the lie. Say, because God gave you overcoming power. 
Tell your neighbor, don't believe the lie. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Come on, tell your neighbor, don't believe the lie. Because he said, I put the enemy under your foot. You know why he said that? He said, the devil will bruise your heel. But, but my church is going to bruise your head. Tell your neighbor, he's talking about positioning. Because when I sit in high places, the only thing the devil can bite is my heel. While I'm crushing his head all the day long. You can come in my house if you want to, but you're going to leave with busted up eyes because I know in whom I believe and I'm persuaded that he is able. Watch this. The Bible tells us, put on the whole armor of God. You want to know why I said that? Because you got the ability to pick pieces. So he said, the problem with us is we want the breastplate, but we don't want no helmet. And we want the shield of faith, but we don't want a sword because sword means commitment. And then I got to join the ministry. And I, I, just, I just want the shield. Faith, 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 faith. Baby, faith without the sword is dead. That's what he was talking about. Faith without works. This thing right here that can destroy the enemy. He's saying it's dead. So he said, put on the whole armor of God. That ye may be able. Tell your neighbor that word means choice. Because there's some battles you should fight but you don't. Sometimes we get tired and we give in to the enemy. And then we let our families watch whatever they want to watch on TV. And wonder how come we ain't got no anointing. Okay, oh Lord. And we take some pieces off and we, and we compromise a little bit, right? Because the church down the road is doing it. But the church down the road ain't had nobody saved in about 10 years. So why are you trying to be like something that's dead? And we've allowed the enemy to trick us into picking pieces. And then wonder why we keep losing the battle. But he said, but if you put on the whole armor of God... You may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. What is the wiles? That word wild means the constant attack of the mind. He said the enemy is after your mind. Wanting you to think the government going to shut you down. The people in your church going to leave. Some of us don't correct people. So we'd rather have a demon in ministry than to deal with that devil. Come on here somebody. And we'd rather have somebody running around the church talking about everybody. And letting them get away with it because they're the biggest ties payers. But that's why you lost your anointing honey. That's why you lost your power. That's why you can't get a sermon and you're looking on YouTube to get a message because you ain't got one in a long time. But honey he said if my people which are called by my name should humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from the wicked way then I would hear from heaven gotta be a change somebody's gotta wake up and hear from God again we must put on the whole armor of God that we may be able to stand against the wiles the constant attacks of the enemy because he's watching and what he attacks you with he don't attack me with those attacks are strategically planned designed for you why do you think he said no weapon formed against you say us he said you because it's designed to mess you up and if you don't walk in the spirit you will be trapped 
Tell your neighbor, make no mistake about it. You're no match for the devil on your own. You can't defeat him on your own. You've got to walk in the spirit. But if you don't fight those demonic thoughts and you allow the enemy to successfully hijack your thought process, you will forget who you are and what your purpose is. And you'll always settle for a lesser version of you. Never live into the fullness of your God potential. Phew. My grandmother always said that when you stand for nothing, you fall for everything. And many of the body of Christ have forgotten who they are and the power that they possess. And they suffer from an identity crisis. They used to sing. They used to prophesy. They used to believe God. Something happened. They're not the same no more. It's almost like they forgot who they are and what God has done for them. An identity crisis is a period of uncertainty and confusion in which a person becomes lost and they lose a sense of identity and they become insecure and double-minded due to extreme trial, stress, pressure, or trauma. It's a state or period of not knowing who you are, where you belong, what your abilities are, taking away both your vision, purpose, and voice, leaving you in a state of confusion full of excuses and not being able to produce anything. Identity crisis. But tell your neighbor, but it's time for the church to awaken. Out of a sleep. We got comfortable, didn't we? See, y'all don't want to be honest. We got comfortable. We can come to church. Come on now. We could dance, shout, speak in tongues. Same people get saved, every youth group. Come on. But we're not changing. We're on, a, we're on a spiritual mirror ground. The music is going, and we got our highs and lows, but we're just going in circles, right? And God says, it's time for you to wake up, and it's time for you to go somewhere. And God always allows things to happen to wake us up. He just takes a step back, and he allows things to happen to wake us up. And so you got to get out of your comfort zone because of what's coming. And pastor, I think you said it. I think you said it this morning. Or you said it. One of y'all said it. When y'all was talking about Peter. And you was talking about how when Peter got caught, amen, by the authorities of that day. And they threw him in prison. But the church began to pray. Who said that? Yeah, I thought you said that this morning. You know what the problem was? The problem wasn't necessarily the people. Thank God the people still had a prayer life. The problem I have is with leadership because leadership went to sleep on post. Took his mantle off, took his shoes off, and pretty much committed to being defeated. And now it took the next generation who don't have full understanding, amen, to now, amen, pray through principalities and powers till God begins to release an angel to come to Peter, not gently, but he smokes Peter on the side as if to say, wake up. Because you shouldn't even be sleeping. And I got news for you. God is about to violently wake some people up. See, I know I wasn't going to get a lot of amens right there because you want that gentle Jesus. But this gentle Jesus that you think is so gentle will take a whip and beat you out of the presence of God if you make his house a den of thieves.
And the angel now comes and punches Peter on the side. And Peter wakes up, but the world is still asleep. Good God Almighty. Tell your neighbor, God has a way of getting your attention where the world don't even know what's going on. And by the time Peter gets up, Peter realizes it's twilight, meaning that even though it's dark, there's still light shining in the midst of darkness. And sometimes you get your theology twisted. We talk about the dark day. We talk about the government. We talk about all they're doing. Yeah, I know in the end time, perilous times will come, but that's not just what the book says. It also says in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh and sons and daughters are going to prophesy. Old men are going to dream dreams and young men will see visions. Peter now has got to open up his eyes and do what? Tell your neighbor, shake yourself loose. The chains that now bound them to a lie is one shake away from being off because the light is shining Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, the things that tried to bind you to a lie, the Holy Ghost told me to tell you, you one shake off from being free. I don't know who I just prophesied here, but you got about 30 seconds to stand to your feet and shout because something is about to break in your life. Something that Somebody give him a praise in here. There's chains being broken right now. I gotta quit. I gotta quit. I gotta quit. Grab your neighbor's hand real quick. I gotta quit. I gotta quit. If you scared that they got COVID, grab somebody else's hand. And if you're scared of your own wife, grab your own hand. Grab your neighbor's hand and say, neighbor, the Bible says, y'all didn't say it like me. So say, neighbor, the Bible says, if any two on earth, shall agree as a touching any one thing it shall be done for them oh my father which is in heaven say neighbor I got your hand right now and I agree with you that there shall be breakthrough there shall be victory there shall be miracles there shall be power oh now for the next 30 seconds, stand to your feet and give God a shot of praise. Praise him like you want a miracle. Praise him like you want a breakthrough. Praise him like you want victory. Give God the praise. I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I feel the anointing of the Almighty God. I feel the power. I got to move, but while you got your neighbor's hand, say, neighbor, I just want you to know this next shout is for your house. Now shout for your neighbor. I feel the Holy Ghost. Shout, 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 shout. Power, power. 
I feel it. Shout! I feel the Holy Ghost. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but God says victory just hit your house. I don't know who I'm preaching to. He said victory just hit your house. You got 30 seconds to act like it. It hit your house. Power hit your house. Somebody better shout. Somebody better praise him. Somebody better glorify him. I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I know the devil's mad at me. But tell your neighbor I'm done with him. Tell your neighbor he started it. Tell your neighbor, I'm going to finish it. This means war. Shout! I feel deliverance. I feel healing. I feel breakthrough. I feel salvation. I feel overcoming power in this house. I feel the Holy Ghost. He said, and say unto the men of God that the battle has just turned at the gate. Do you hear what I just said? He said, the battle has just turned at the gate. You know what that means? Say, neighbor, my next shout is going to put my enemy on the run. So open your mouth and give God. Shout about it. Shout about it. Shout about it. I feel him in here. I feel him in here. I feel him in here. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. I got to quit. But look at your neighbor, say, neighbor, say, excuse me for a minute, because I'm about to act Pentecostal, and I don't want to get on your nerves, and I don't want to hurt your feelings, but say, neighbor, I waited too long for my miracle. I waited too long for my breakthrough to sit here and be silent. I got to shout about it. I got to worship. I got to praise him. Look at your neighbor, say neighbor. Excuse me, neighbor. For the 
next 30 seconds while I step into the aisle and give God a praise. I feel something happening. I feel something moving. I hear the sound of the breeze in the mulberry trees. And I know, I know the move is on. Excuse me, neighbor, while I walk the aisles. Excuse me, neighbor, while I run around the church. Excuse me, neighbor, while I get out of my seat and give God the glory. For the next 60 seconds, give God a praise. I dare you to praise him. I dare you to get out in the aisle. I dare you to walk around the church. I dare you to give him the glory. I dare you to give God the praise. I feel the Holy Ghost in his house. I feel the overcoming power. I feel the breakthrough of a resurrected Christ. Praise him. Praise him. Come on, pastor, praise him. Come on, missionary, praise him. Come on, daddy, praise him. Come on, church mama, praise him. I feel the anointing. I feel the victory. I feel the power. I feel the glory. 